Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Brothers and sisters, another day of remembering as we approach the Feast of Rosh Hashanah, with our Jewish brethren as well. Today we think about Our Lady of Sorrows, that is Mary at the foot of the cross, and the pivotal role that she plays in our salvation, in her acceptance of becoming the mother of Jesus and accompanying him so faithfully throughout his life that he becomes an example. The keys of, of the church are entrusted to Peter, and in some way the heart of the church is entrusted to Mary there at the foot of the cross, because she is the one who keeps that fire alive at the cynical when all the disciples are afraid before they receive the Holy Spirit. We can say that Mary held the church together in those dark days between Jesus' death at the cross on, on Friday, uh, Good Friday, and the resurrection. She is the one who kept the fire alive. So we can pray to God to give us that vision that in the midst of darkness and in the midst of difficulties, we may see like Mary sees, that we may be able to keep the fire of God alive in our hearts. My husband loves a book called The Road, and he's read it with the boys. It talks about a very dark period in history where there's an annihilation of everything, and there's nothing alive, and people are surviving in really cannibalistic ways, and finding food that is stored in places that is canned food and, and nothing's alive. So one of the images that my husband cried several times uh, reading to me was a, a father that is entrusting a light to the son before, right before he dies. And he's a little boy and tells him, we are the good guys. Just keep the, keep the light, keep, keep the flame alive. And that is exactly what Mary did in those dark days. And we want to ponder about that strength and that courage in the midst of the pandemic. As we see the skies in California turn orange, as we look at several storms forming in the Gulf Coast, as we return to school and work in completely unusual ways, she knew how to keep that flame alive in the middle of persecution. So today we want to do some readings that take us to the heart of that mystery because she's so pivotal in the plan of salvation for God that we may ask ourselves, what light have I been entrusted and how am I keeping it alive? The first reading today is from the letter of the Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 7 and 9. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Wow! 
Saint Paul knows how to pack so much information in one verse. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, when he walked amongst us, when he dwelt amongst us, he offered prayers and supplications. Can you imagine? He himself is God. And in reverence, he is praying and supplicating to the Father with loud cries and tears. And he knew that the cup could not pass, that he had to die because he had to bridge over to eternity for us, be the first one to cross over in that sense and save us from death. God could have saved him from death, but he needed to die in order to bridge to eternity. But isn't it amazing to hear that he was heard because of his reverence? And we could think, how was he heard? He died. How did God hear that prayer? Sometimes we ask that when God answers our prayers, but it's not quite the way we intended it to be answered. But God answered his prayer because of his reverence. So how reverent is our prayer? How are we imitating that sense of complete submission and complete engulfing ourselves in the presence of God. It isn't easy. easy. It's not easy for me. I get busy. My mind gets so preoccupied with things. My imagination goes in every direction. I dwell in memories that do not help me at all. That's one of the things I have to fight the most with, to put an end to memories that are not helpful and just stop them. But the mind has a mind of its own, doesn't it? So we have to pray Teach me your reverence, Lord. Teach me to pray with that reverence. We can imagine that Jesus, who was God, would need to be obedient, right? Because that's the ultimate authority. He's God himself. And yet, he learned obedience from suffering. That is one of the purposes of suffering. How easy it is to pray to God for you when things are going really well. I know that when everything is going really, really well, I give thanks to God and I'm happy, but I am on my knees. I am in fervent and constant prayer when something is really off. Isn't that sad? But it is so true for me that in times of suffering, I can be more reverent and I can be more mindful of my smallness because when things are going well, sometimes I can think, oh, this is going well because of me. We are so selfish. I know I am so self-centered. And Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, how is it possible? He was God. He was already perfect. He is perfection. God is perfection. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. That was in his humanity. He was becoming perfect for our sake to show us the way. Because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the resurrection. He is the life. And to become that source for us, he couldn't just be other. God is other. God is what is not us. God is so different from us. He came, took on flesh so that he could feel and think and suffer and enjoy like you and I. And in that, he had to obey. On his human side, he had to teach us how to obey and how to be reverent. Let us take a look at Psalm 31. The psalm for today as we contemplate Our Lady of Sorrows. Psalm 31 says on verse 17, 
Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. That was really Jesus' prayer. And that must have been also Mary's prayer. Because a mother seeing a child suffer is an image of true torture. If you've had a child that is sick just with fever, like all of us might have had a child with fever when they were babies, and we stay up all night next to them, putting cold compresses on their heads, making sure the temperature doesn't go up high. Can you imagine Mary knowing that her son is being persecuted, that they are looking for a way to hunt him down, throw him off a cliff, that they're looking for a way to imprison him, that he is being followed both by leaders, by the Roman authorities, by people in the village that he grew up in. Can you imagine the heart of Mary? Jesus himself is praying for this cup of sorrow to pass. Can you imagine the cup of Mary's sorrow in her heart? Knowing, as she knows from the very beginning of the gospel, when we hear that she will have her heart pierced when she brings the little baby Jesus to the temple to be circumcised. And Simeon there in Luke, at the very beginning in chapter 2, says, A sword will pierce your heart. The thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. He will be a sign of contradiction. Can you imagine being a mother and hearing that when you bring your baby to the temple, to the church, to the synagogue, to circumcise him, to fulfill the law, and a prophet tells you something that you keep in your heart. The Bible tells us so many times Mary kept these things in her heart. We want to enter into that heart because that is the heart that knows how to love Jesus most faithfully most obediently, most reverently. In fact, in the human plane, Jesus learned how to pray from his mother. She and Joseph are the ones who took Jesus to the temple, who would have recited the prayers at night and in the morning and throughout the day, who would have said the Psalms. We know Mary knew them because she prays that magnificent prayer that is so wonderful. It's like Hannah's prayer in the Old Testament. So Mary is giving Jesus the words and the reverence that he displays. So let's enter into her heart because it is her heart that is the perfect school for us to learn how to obey and how to open our hearts the way that she did. The psalm says, In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me. Make haste to deliver me. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. You are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead and guide me. You will free me from the snare they set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. Have you noticed that Jesus' last words are scriptural words? It is so important that like Jesus and Mary, we know how to recite verses from the Psalms and from the Bible. Into your hands I commend my spirit must have also been a prayer that Mary knew how to pray. Maybe it is one that she even taught him, right? Because she had to. 
suffer all this suffering from the beginning, the ridicule that she was pregnant before her marriage to uh, Joseph being consummated, the persecution by Herod, the flight to Egypt, meeting the three magi that come with gifts, the kind of confusion, what is going on here? And Jesus growing up in dark, in, in sort of a dark time of turbulence for that region of the world. And Mary must have known what it means to say that, I commend my spirit to your hands, Lord. Let's look at the next reading that gives us more clues into living in Mary's heart as we remember what is the light that has been entrusted to us and how am I keeping it. And here we come to the Gospel of John chapter 19, just two simple verses that show us Mary's pierced heart. She's standing by the cross of Jesus and there's the mother of Jesus and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, the three women. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. Such short sentences where Mary is entrusted to the care of John and is extending, Jesus is extending the motherhood that his mother is now going to be the mother of John and by extension the mother of all of us. And we know that at that foot of the cross as Mary stood there, she could only have done that, endured that pain in that pierced heart as they pierced her son. Hers was pierced as well. She could only endure it because God was faithful to her because she was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit must have been groaning from within her to give her hope and to give her love and to give, us, to give her strength and courage to be able to stand there as a mother with a pierced heart. So we come to the altar of heaven and we praise God for giving us such a worthy daughter that she will be such an incredible creature that he created for his own son, God himself, to dwell in her as a tabernacle. She is a tabernacle for these difficult times. She is this precious tabernacle that we can enter into to understand what is going on in our own hearts, to find solace, to find refuge, to find direction. So let us pray together that God may help us be strong and courageous and faithful and loving and hopeful like Mary was. O oh God, who willed that when your son was lifted high on the cross, his mother should stand close by and share his suffering, grant that all of us who participate in that moment of the passion of Christ with Mary that we may stand right there with her and that we may also merit Jesus' resurrection. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.